Pastor Lau and Pastor Dala Haperset would like to welcome you to the following message from New Hope International Church in Seattle, Washington. Here is Pastor Lau's anointed teaching that will change your life with love, hope, and peace in Jesus Christ. And now, Pastor Lau. I'm so thirsty. Let us pray. Father, we thank you so much for your word, and we want to receive your word, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that we can learn, we can understand by your Holy Spirit, and your Holy Spirit is our greatest teacher. So we ask right now for the anointing of the Holy Spirit to come upon all of us who listen to this teaching now, and we believe, Lord, your Holy Spirit will open our spiritual eyes to see the light of heaven, Lord. And we can put what we learn into practice. Thank you, Father. Build our faith, Lord. We want to walk by faith. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Today I would like to talk about God's protection again. I stopped for a while. I tried to change, switch the subject off and on so that you will learn different things in the Bible. I've been a pastor for almost 38 years now. And I come to the conclusion in my life, whether to the believers or to the non-believers in the society, I come to the conclusion that the Lord showed me people make mistakes or are destroyed or people mess up because they don't understand the Word of God or they stubbornly don't want to obey the Word of God. And that's why I have so much burden to produce teaching and leave it for the next generation and to give you the good teaching all these years. I worked so hard. Yesterday, the parents of my son-in-law asked me, what is your main mission right now? <laughs> and my son-in-law answered, he is working so hard to produce a teaching and put in the website. The reason I want to do that because I learned that a lot of people in the world are in trouble because they lack good teaching. They don't know the Word of God. That's why we put the teaching in the YouTube and put in to language, English, Thai, German, and we put in Siri so that people who are serious about the Word can come and listen. Yes, you should read your own Bible, no question. You need to study the Bible yourself. But in the body of Christ, we still need teachers to explain the Word of God. Today, I would like to talk about a very important subject. With long life, God satisfied you. How many of you believe that God can protect us? How many of you believe that we need to build faith in the area of God's protection? How we build the faith in the area of God's protection? We need to listen to the scriptures and the word of God concerning protection. Psalm chapter 4, verse 8, the Bible says, I will both lie down in peace and sleep for you alone, O Lord. Make me dwell in safety. It's perfect will of God to help us to live or dwell in safety. Or he can make us perfectly safe in this perilous world or dangerous world. The Bible says in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1, But know this, that in the last days, uh, we're living in the last day of the last. 
Yes, we are living in the last day more than anyone else in the human generation or in the human race. And in the last day, perilous times will come. So we are living in the last day, and this world is full of destructions, violence, crime, sickness, disease, all kind of diseases. Some diseases I don't even know the name because I'm not expert in everything. So many problems, and we are so accustomed to all these things. We are so desensitized to murder, plagues, violence, sickness, and disease because we have seen and heard in the news every day. People kill each other in that city. People rob, and people get destroyed by the flood or something. We heard about this kind of thing all the time until we say. Oh, it's a part of life. It's normal to go through all these kind of destructions because we are living in a dangerous world, and we get accustomed to all these things. We forget that we can be a part of that. You may claim that you live in a very nice area of the city, and there is no murder there. It's not true. There's no theft there. It's not true. I was living in a Gated community in Kirkland, waterfront, many years ago, and unfortunately, my daughter took the jewelry of my wife to her room to play. But that night, somebody broke into her bedroom and stole all the jewelry. That night, and this is a gated community in a waterfront. Can you imagine? We have fire two times in our house. I have to live outside the house two times in my life because of the fire. At that time, I did not understand about God's protection. Now I learn about God's protection, so I pray more for God's protection. Wherever you live, you are not in a safe place in this world. We don't have any scripture in this book to show that this world is a perfectly safe place. We are living in a very perilous place. Destruction. Plagues, sickness, and disease, accident every single week. I see one or two patients from lawyers that got involved in a rear-ended car accident or head-on accident every week. Two people at least, and many of them, more than fifty percent of them, need neck and back surgery, and some of them have head injury and develop some kind of memory problem. Therefore, we need to depend on God's protection. He can protect us and keep us. He can protect us while we are surrounded with the violence. He can be around us and protect us. Psalm chapter ninety-one talk about that. Psalm ninety-one verses one and two. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God. In Him. I will trust. When you study the book of Psalm, chapter ninety-one, you can understand that in our life or in our faith walk, there are two parts. One is our parts of faith walk, and another part is God's part. If you study the Bible carefully, you will see that when we do our parts, we will move the hand of God to do His part. But if we don't do our part, God may not do anything, because He gives us freedom of choice. 
I'm concerned about the preaching style of saying you don't need to do anything. God will take care of you anyway. I don't think it's biblical at all. In our human life, we have our part to do, and that's why we need to study the Bible. A lot of people don't like this kind of preaching because they prefer so-called no-fault religion. What does it mean, no-fault religion? It means that if something bad happened, it is His will; it's not their fault. If they got drunk and drive and got into an accident, it's God's fault. It's God's will for them to die in that car accident. If something doesn't happen to their life, some good thing doesn't happen. Again, it is God's will. It's not their fault. So they blame God for everything, and they say God is behind every bad things. God is behind a 10 years old boy who got into head-on car accident and died in that accident. And they even say that oh, God loved this child so much. He wants to take this child early to go to heaven to be with him. So they give all these excuses and they try to blame God that every bad thing that happened on this earth is God's fault. And it's God's will. And God has purpose behind them. I don't see the scripture to prove that point at all. That is a false teaching, a false concept. Millions of people like that concept. Because they don't want to do anything on their side. They just want to leave all the responsibility to God. They don't want to study the Bible. They don't want to do anything. They just go to church, go home, and blame God for everything that happened. In fact, don't say this to me. Because I'm not a preacher like Pastor Lau, I don't need to study and read the Bible. No, even though you are not a preacher like me, you need to know the Bible. I need to know what you need to do in your life, so that God can do His part for you. Amen. And when you begin to do your part, you will ignite the heart of God. You will move the heart of God to do His part, and one of His part is His protection. I believe that we need to know our part, and we need to understand that many things that happen on earth right now and in the past. Are not the perfect will of God. God doesn't like it at all. What happened to those people do not please God at all. Doctor Lau, Pastor Lau, where is in the Bible that you say that it's not God's will? Let me read from Ezekiel chapter 33, verse 11. Say to them as I live, says the Lord God, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked. When you live wickedly, you can die sooner. You can get into big trouble. But God say, "I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but rather that the wicked turn from his way and live. Turn back, turn back from your evil ways. For why will you die? If you live wickedly, you die sooner. Oh, house of Israel! Oh, the church of Jesus Christ! Turn from your wicked way. Don't cheat." Don't do bad things, and you will not die soon. There are a lot of things in life that can add years to your life when you do them, and there are so many things in your life that when you do, it will cut off the days of your life. Psalm chapter fifty-five, verses twenty-two to twenty-three: Cast your burden on the Lord, and He shall sustain you. 
He shall never permit the righteous to be moved. You have to choose between to be the wicked or be the righteous. But you, O God, shall bring them down to the pit of destruction. Bloodthirsty and deceitful men. Please don't have the habit of lying all the time. Lie, lie, lie and deceive people, cheat people. Bloodthirsty and deceitful men shall not live out half their days. But I will trust in you. You can see here that how people live will be a part of determining how long they will live on earth. How many people want to live a long life? Raise your hand up. How many people want to die soon? Raise your hand up. Okay. I don't need to do brain transplant for you. Psalm 91 verse 16 say, With long life I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Some people don't know the Bible, and they quote this way. They say, you know, long life is not the will of God. God loved you. He wants to take your life at 30 years old. You died to be in heaven. You will go up to heaven soon. Oh, your days are coming up. You may die tonight, and you're going to be with God tonight at 35 years old. Some people say that you just never know how long you're going to live. You may have only 45 years old on earth. And that is the will of God because the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 9, verse 27, the Bible says that it is appointed for men to die once, but after that, the judgment. Therefore, you may die tonight at 5 p.m. or 10 p.m. tonight. All of us are going to die anyway. You can die anytime. That's the comment of people, and that is not scriptural, and it's a miscoding of the Bible. In the book of Proverbs, chapter 3, when you do the right thing, God can add years into your life. My son, do not forget my law, but let your heart keep my commands. And for length of days and long life and peace, they will add to you. If you want to live a long life, one thing you should do is to know the commands of God. You know the teachings of God. Put in your heart and live according to the teaching. And God can add years and days into your life. If you do the right thing, you live a long life. But if you do wrong thing, your life will be cut off, cut short. So thank God that this is the end of year 2019 now. Thank God that He has sustained us from infancy to today. And I believe that he can also sustain us to the full years with satisfied life. We can live a long life and we are going to require some divine protection in order to live a long life because we live in a very dangerous world. Death, destruction, calamity, plagues happen everywhere. Can you agree with me that we are breathing right now, sitting here today, because of God's protection. God's protect me and Pastor Da so many times. And why we're still here? Because of God's protection. And I pray that we're going to receive God's protection and live a long, full life until we finish our race, until the mission that God gives to you get done. And on that last day of your life, you can lie on the couch, 
and say, God, I finished my race. I have done my job. Okay, I'm gonna be back home and meet you. You will be in heaven on that day, on the last day. I know my mission. I don't know about you. I want to encourage all of you to find out the mission God has for you on this earth. I don't believe that you just were born into this world for nothing. I have two missions. Number one mission is to make sure that my children believe in God, and I will leave the legacy, spiritual legacy, to my children and grandchildren. They will learn godly way. I did not grow up in Christian home. I did not have good example, and I make so many mistakes when I was a young man. But after I became a Christian, I want to leave the right thing to my children. And that generation, my children, gonna be better than my generation because they received the spiritual legacy from me. That's my first mission. My family, I and my household, shall serve the Lord. My children and grandchildren and great grandchildren shall serve the Lord. The second mission I have is to be a good pastor of New Hope International Church. I will not quit preaching, even at 100 years old. Pastor Da say, oh, "Are you sure?" She's concerned now. <laughs> if I still have voice, I still can walk. I will continue to preach. Another mission I have is to be a part of apostolic work for the kingdom of God to help building churches and to produce thousands of preaching into the world system here to feed the next generation after I die. If the Lord carries to come back, if the Lord doesn't come back. I will produce a lot of teaching for the next generation. Amen. The Bible say this way: Let me die the death of the righteous. There are two kind of death: the death of the wicked and the death of the righteous. Before I go on, please forgive me if you feel offended. Please understand this: I never have any attitude to condemn anybody, and we don't believe in condemnation. We don't believe in pointing finger to one another and say, "You see what you did." No, even I preach this and it doesn't happen to me. Don't condemn me. Condemnation is not God's will. What we need to do as a believer is to know what the words say, and we do the best we can to walk by faith, to receive the promise of God, and to do the best we can to get it happen in our life without condemnation. Is it clear? No condemnation here, but I need to teach you the truth. The Bible says in Numbers chapter twenty-three, verse ten, "Who can count the dust of Jacob, or number one fourth of Israel?" Talking about Jacob here, let me die the death of the righteous, and let my end be like his. Somebody say that I want to die like Jacob, the death of the righteous. Let me end my life like Jacob. Let me read to you how Jacob died. Genesis chapter forty-nine, verse. You may say, Pastor, New Year is coming up. Why you are preaching about death? <laughs> you know, I tell you the truth. The Holy Spirit always tell me, don't follow the tradition. You're gonna do something out of tradition. That you expect New Year message today. I'm not gonna preach New Year message because that is tradition. Genesis forty-nine twenty-eight to thirty-three. All these are the twelve tribes of Israel, and this is what their father spoke to them. Father means Jacob or Israel, and he blessed them, 
He blessed each one according to his own blessing. All the dad in this room, your job is not to curse your children. Your job is to bless your children. Then he charged them and said to them, "I am to be gathered to my people. Bury me with my fathers in the cave that is in the field of Ephron the Hittite." I will jump to the verse 33. So, in other words, Jacob's body was buried with Isaac and Abraham. So his body was in the same cave as his grandfather and father. Verse 33. This is the verse I want to emphasize. When Jacob had finished commanding his sons, he drew his feet up into the bed and breathed his last and was gathered to his people. Israel or Jacob called the twelve sons and gave the blessing. After that, he pulled his leg up on the bed and went to be with the Lord. Can we do this without being crushed in the car wreck? Can we do this without many tubes come out from our mouth, our lungs and abdomen, and die in the hospital? Can we die like Jacob? Can we die the death of the righteous without sickness, disease, and cancer? We just say, bye-bye, I'm going home. Smile and leave. Can we die that way? Is that the way God wants us to die? Yes. So that's why we need to learn how to live a long life. Actually, I'm writing a sermon right now. I'm still debating, should I continue to teach divine protection in the camp this year? Or going to teach another one called, I shall live and not die. I'm writing the sermon. I'm in the chapter number five now. We're going to learn together how to live a long life and not to die soon. In Not only about God's protection, but something else too, that we will not die soon. Amen? You look so excited about this. <laughs> Some people may ask this question. If you never get sick, how are you going to die? Because people die because of sickness. If you're not getting into the car accident or bad accident, how are you going to die? Let me answer you this question. Our body is like a glove. When the hand is in the glove, that glove is moving. In the same way, our body is like a glove. Our spirit is inside. As long as the spirit is inside this body, we're still alive and we're still moving and talking and do things. Is that right? When you pull the hand off from the glove, you don't need to put a gun out to shoot the glove. You don't need to put a knife stab into the glove to make the glove stop moving. You just pull the hand off, the glove stops moving. The same thing. You don't need to be sick to die. You don't need to have a cancer to die. You don't need to get into a car wreck to die. You just pull your leg up on the bed on the last day of your life after you finish your race and got everything done. I don't know how many thousand sermons God wants me to produce. Maybe by the time 120 years old, I will produce one million sermons by then. But I pull my leg up and my spirit just left my body. And my body is dead and smile. Can we die the death of the righteous like that? Is it possible that we can live a full, satisfied life? Is that the promise of God? Is that the will of God? Is it possible that God protects us from cancer, sickness, disease, accident, or murder, or any plagues or calamity? 
and we live a full, long, satisfied life. Can we? Is it possible? Is it the will of God for us to live that way? So I expect that the members of New Hope International Church and all the members of the churches that I take care of all over the world are going to see them at 100 years old still. Hi! I still talk to many of you at 110 years old. Amen? I expect that, that our members will live a long life. And we can leave this world by the death of the righteous without the devil involvement. The devil doesn't need to be involved in my death. Period. Because I am and you are under the protection of God. And that's the reason why we study about divine protection. We can live to the last day of a full satisfied life in this dangerous world under the protection of God. We can go on and on. And one day, we lie down and say, God, it's over. I'm going. I'm going to see you soon. We can go to the Lord back home without being shot, being killed in the car wreck or plane wreck attack by the enemy, sickness and disease, we can just leave this body with the death of the righteous. The Bible says, if you dwell in the secret place of the Most High, you shall abide in the shadow of the Almighty. In other words, we have the canopy of protection that we don't have to die too soon. We can live a full life. When you see the picture of canopy, the shadow, we are under the shadow of God. We are under the canopy, the feather, or the wings of God. When we see that picture, we see the protection of God, the force of power field around us that the devil cannot see us, cannot touch us. How we can live under the shadow of the Almighty? Definitely, we need to be in a good church, that the pastor and the elders are not sinning and doing some weird stuff to bring demons into the church. That's why I'm so careful how I live because I don't want any demons in this church to destroy my members. I am a gatekeeper. Demon cannot come into this church. I'm going to live a holy life. I'm not going to cheat God with my tithe and offering. I'm not going to cheat anybody. I'm going to live righteous life. We need to be in a good local church. We need to know the Word of God. Practice the Word of God. You know, when you are under something, it means you submit yourself under under means submission. You submit to God. And not only that, to be under something, it means humility. You live a humble life. You are not saying, no, I'm a great guy. Get out of here. This cover on me. This canopy. I can take care of myself. No, you humble. You submit. You know the word. You're in the good church. You practice the word of God. And you walk righteously. And then you're going to be under the canopy of God. Psalm 91 verse 3 says, Surely he shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. Does the devil has a trap for people? Does he come to kill, to steal, and to destroy? There are three words here. Traps, snares, and set up. Actually, the word accident should not be used. It should be the word the devil set up. How in the world a drunk driver get into the intersection at the same second you show up. Like that. It's a trap. It's a setup. It's a snare. 
The devil spend time to set up something to happen so that you can be killed, and you can be in big trouble. He loved to kill people. He set that up for you to get into an accident or die. And the Lord say, "I will deliver you from the snare of the devil." He can. He can guide you. He can send angels. After this sermon, I'm going to talk about angelic protection. I'm going to talk about angelic protection in the next sermon. So the Lord can do something to protect you. A fowler calls bird in, and then set up a snare or a trap and hide it somewhere. And when the birds fly in to eat some food, that trap closed down, and the birds got caught. The same thing with the devil. The devil will make a trap or a set up snare for you to get in, and you can get destroyed. But thank God, New Hope International Church members always miss the traps of the devil, always miss the snare of the fowler, because God protects us time after time, day in and day out. Year after year, we miss the perfect plan of the devil every time. Praise God! And when the devil look at the New Hope International Church member, he say, "I'm tired. I spent six months to make this trap, but he missed again. She missed it again. We keep missing the trap out of there of the devil again and again, because we are protected by the Lord." We are delivered from the trap of the enemy, right and left, right and left every day, and that's how we live a long life. Eventually, the devil complained, "I don't want to be involved with the New Hope International Church member anymore. It's waste of my time. I leave them alone, maybe, <laughs> maybe." <laughs> Hallelujah. We talk about God's part and man's part. Let me. Review a little bit about your part to do to receive God's protection. Psalm 91, verse 2. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, and my God. In Him I will trust. Your first part of doing or receiving the protection of God is you believe in your heart and you speak with your mouth. You don't say God protects me only one time in your life. You say God protects me. God is my refuge. God is my fortress. He is my protector. He is my wings, my shadow to protect me on a regular basis. In the past, before I know this scripture, I studied this scripture when I bowed down to pray for the food and say, "God, thank you for your provision. Thank you for this meal." Now I pray more. <laughs> I add more prayer. I say, "Thank God for this meal," and I believe you protect us. From any poison in this meal to destroy us, in so we can live a long life. I add on for protection. Amen. <laughs> we went on a mission trip, and we have a big meal together. A lot of people have diarrhea. They ate food from that big meal together. But Pastor Dan and I went back to the hotel. Nothing, because we pray for protection. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah! We need to do that on a regular basis. God, you are my protector. Everyone say, God, God. you are my protector. We should not be ashamed of saying. 
God, you are my refuge. You can talk even in front of public. I can stand in the operating room on the operating table, cut on somebody, and say, "God is my protector." I'm not going to be a shame of the anesthesiologist, a shame of God in front of the anesthesiologist, a shame of God in front of the nurse. I am not a shame of God. I can say He's my God. Jesus is my God. Amen. The problem is that so many people in the world deny God. So many people in America right now reject God. I. Have to admit that I'm very concerned about younger generation in this country now. So many young people, after they went to college, they have nothing to do with God anymore. They say, "Oh, these churchgoer people are dumb. God is not real. They reject God. We need to pray for this country. The younger people will not take God out of their school, take God out of their home, their family, their work, their life." They're traveling. They need God to be their God, and sometimes when they get into trouble, and they say, "God help me," but God may say to them, "I'm sorry. You reject me all this time. I'm not going to help you." Look at the scripture, Judges chapter ten, twelve to fourteen. Also, the Sidonians and the Amalekites and Maonites oppressed you, and you cried out to me, and I delivered you from their hand. Yet you have forsaken me. And serve other gods. Therefore, I will deliver you no more. Go and cry out to the gods which you have chosen. Let them deliver you in your time of distress. You don't want to be in that condition. That when you get into trouble and you say, "God, help me," no one can help you. At that moment, maybe you have some bad medical report that you have bad disease, incurable disease. And all these years, you love money more than God. You worship money. Yes, you go to church, but you worship money. You think money will protect you. If I have more money in the bank account, I am safe. Money is your security, not God. And when you get into trouble, you say, "God, help me!" Ah, all this time, money is your God. I'm not going to help you. You need to repent and turn around first. You see, it's so important to treat God as God. And confess that God is our God. You notice the book of Psalms say, "You are my fortress, you are my refuge, my God." The Bible did not say, "Money is my fortress, money is my refuge, and my God." No, God, Jehovah, is my God. We need to confess that and believe that. And when you get into trouble, you can cry out to God, and God going to protect you. You can say God protects me, and He'll protect you. Like I give you the story of driving my car down the hill in downtown Seattle when I first came here, and the snow came down. The road was so slippery, and I did not know how to drive in snow because I grew up in the tropical country. That was maybe the first few months in America. I stepped on the brake, and the car slid. I did not know that I should step like this. I just slammed on the brake, and the car slipped. And you know what I did? God help me! I don't want to have increased insurance premium. I don't want to repair my car. I don't want to repair the other car that parked on that street. Come up right away in my mind. Premium car wreck. Repair another car. Go home. My wife gonna yell at me or something. <laughs> Within one second, I say, God help me. You know what happened? The car stopped on the sloping street, on the snow. Stop, 
and I know right away the angel of the Lord stopped the car for me. Why did God answer me? Because all these years, God is my God. Amen. Amen. We need to pray for our nations. Pray for the young people in America that they will turn to God. We need to confess with our mouth. Some of you, maybe you miss a car accident. Something happened on the freeway and you miss it and you did not get destroyed. And you come back home and say, "Oh, you see, oh, I am a good driver." I'm so smart. I'm so sharp. I'm so quick. Wow! You need to learn how to drive like me. Then you will not get into car accident. Don't say that. You need to say this way: God protected me. Amen. Oh, you never been sick. You're always healthy and healthy all these years. And you say, brothers and sisters, you know, I know how to eat good food. I know how to rest. I know how to eat balanced food and exercise. I know how to take care of myself. That's why I never get sick. Don't say that. Some sickness you don't need to eat good food. It come anyway. Therefore, you should say, "The Lord has protected me from all this sickness and disease. Amen. I'm not ashamed. I'm not intimidated." And embarrassed to talk about God is my protector. I believe I'm not sick. I have not been sick because God protects me. Amen. I don't get into accident because God protects me. Don't boast about yourself. Give God the glory. Amen. You must stand up for God and say God is my protector. Give all the glory to God. Don't quote your own smartness and your ability. It's all God protection. Amen. That is our part. We need to say He is my refuge, He is my fortress. And look at God's part, verse three. Surely He shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler, and from the perilous pestilence. After we claim that God is our God, He will do His part to deliver us from the snare and the traps of the enemy. Verse four. He shall cover you with His feathers, and under His wings. You shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. So when you claim that God is your God, you submit yourself with a humble heart toward Him. You are in a good church. God put feather on you, canopy. He put the wings over you, and the enemy cannot see you. That's why we call secret place. Secret place means no one know where you are. Even though you walk around in the physical realm. The devil doesn't see you. The Bible talk about the mother's hen. Luke thirteen thirty four. O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the one who kills the prophets and stone those who are sent to her. How often I wanted to gather your children together, as a hen gathers her brood under her wings, but you were not willing. Are you willing to be under the wings of God? Deuteronomy 32 verses 9 to 11 talk about the eagle mother. For the Lord's portion is His people. Jacob is the place of His inheritance. He found him in the desert land and in the wasteland, a holy wilderness. He encircled him. I want God to encircle me. He instructed him or guides him. He kept him as the apple of His eyes. Do you want to be like that? 
God treats you as an apple of His eyes. He encircles you. He guides you. He protects you. And then he compared himself. God compared himself as, as an eagle stirs up its nest, hovers over its young, spreading out its wings, taking them up, carrying them on its wings. God compared himself as a mother's hen. God compared himself as an eagle that put the wing out and cover the little chick, cover the little eagles. To protect, when you are under the wing, when a chick ran into the wing of the mother, the predator could not see that little chick. It can see only the big mother hen. Is that right? The same thing. We need to put ourselves under the wing of God. Why? Why we need to be in the secret place of the Most High all the time? Why we should be under the wing of God all the time, under the feather, under the canopy of God all the time? Because the Bible says in First Peter chapter five verse eight, stay alert, watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. The devil looking for somebody who is exposed to devour. But because you put yourself under the wing of God, for example, maybe David here under the wing of God right now. But Tom is not, and the devil walked by here, this corner. The devil doesn't see David, but he sees Tom. My lunch, and the Holy Spirit tried to talk to Tom. Run into the mother's wing, and Tom say, "What? I am an independent chick." I can take care of myself. I don't need to run under the wing of my mother. And then the devil, <sighs> woo, my lunch. <laughs> I did not say the last name, which Tom though, so don't worry. <laughs> not this Tom, another Tom. Okay. <laughs> How many people want to be the devil's lunch? Raise your hand up. Oh no, okay. You don't want to. Everyone say, I am under the shadow of the Almighty. I am under His wings. I am under His feather. I dwell under the secret place of the Most High. Psalm 91 verse 5. Are you okay? Can I continue a little bit more? You shall not be afraid of the terror by night. Not the arrow that flies by day. So your part now, your part is confess God is your creator, God is your protector. Your part is to put yourself under the wing of God, and God will deliver you from the fowler, the traps of the fowler. And now your part again, you must not live in fear. Don't be afraid. Don't live in fear. The Bible says fear. Is a torment. Living in fear is equal to living in torment. Thank God we can be set free from any kind of fear. Hebrews chapter two, fourteen to fifteen. Because God's children are human beings made of flesh and blood, the Son, mean Jesus, also became flesh and blood. For only as a human being could He die. 
and he then he rose again, and only by dying, and definitely by being raised from the dead, could he break the power of the devil, who had the power of death. Only in this way could he set free all who have lived their life as left to the fear of dying. Brother and sister, don't be afraid of death. If you want to be free from fear, you need to listen to the word of God more and more, and you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit, because the word of God and the Holy Spirit will give you more love. You will love more, more and more. And the Bible says in First John chapter four verse eighteen that perfect love casts out all fear. When you know God loved you, and when you love God and you love people, you will not live in fear, because you love. Love. Cast out all fear. So at this point, come to the conclusion: What is your part in order to live a long life? You proclaim, you believe God is your God, and God is your protector, your fortress. Two, you put yourself and live under the wings of God, under the canopy of God. Three, don't live in fear. Don't stay in fear, and then God will be able to protect you. Let me read the. Last one here, Psalm ninety-one verses five to eleven. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night. Everyone say, "I'm not afraid." I have faith. I walk in love, and by faith, therefore, I'm not fearful. Amen. Nor of the arrow that flies by day, nor of the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. We are not afraid of anything. We are not afraid of the devil. We are not afraid of the demons. We are not afraid of sickness and disease. You know why we should not be afraid? Because the Bible says this. The Bible says, "What you fear will come on you. If you fear something, it will come on you. You should not be afraid of death. You should not be afraid of cancer, sickness, and disease. Nothing, because it will come on you if you live in fear. A thousand may fall at your side." And ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Only with your eyes shall you look and see the reward of the wicked. In other words, the wicked people shall be punished, but you are righteous people; you shall be protected, because you have made the Lord, who is my refuge, even the Most High, your dwelling place. You live under the shadow of His wing. No evil shall befall you. Nor shall any plague come near your dwelling, for he shall give you his angel charge over you to keep you in all your ways. My dear brother and sister, even though some bad thing happen around us in the city, but the evil thing cannot come near your home. He will send his angels to be around your home, around your car, to protect you. Amen. Because. You live a righteous life because you are under the protection of God. Because you claim and you speak that God is your protector. No destruction, no evil things, no plagues, nothing can touch you and come near you. Next time, we're gonna talk about angelic protection. Are you excited? Okay. Today we talk about living a long life. God shall satisfy you. With long life, how many people expect to live a long life? Yes. Amen. Hallelujah. My children, don't worry. Even though we live a long life, 
We will distribute some money to you before we die. Actually, Pastor Dow already talked about that. Maybe we should give to our children now. Start to give money to them because sometimes that when you're gonna die, so I can get the inheritance. <laughs> My dad already distributed some to me. He is one or two years old right now. My dad, one or two, still healthy. Still, he believes in Jesus too. And he speaks very loud, louder than me. <laughs> We can live a long life. And definitely, one of the ways to live a long life is to learn how to be protected by God. We do our part, He will do His part. And we're going to learn the lesson, I shall live and not die later on. I'm writing that lesson right now. A chapter by chapter, I'm going to share with you in the future. Other things, not just only God's protection. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. How many of you want God to be your protector? Yes. How many of you want God to be your God? Yes. You say other things are not your God. Amen? Yes. Should we pray together? Yes. Amen? Let's confess together. Follow my prayer. Father in heaven, the Father of the Lord Jesus Christ, the creator of the universe, You are my God, my protector, my fortress, my refuge. Lord, I trust you. You sent Jesus Christ, your Son, to die for me, to save me, save me from accident, save me from death. Save me from sickness and disease. Save me from plagues, violence, theft, murder, bad people, crazy people, cheating people. Oh Lord, I believe you shall keep me in perfect safety, and you shall. Give me long life, and you shall satisfy me. You shall show me your salvation, your deliverance, your power, your greatness, your love, and your grace. I shall not fear anything because I depend on your love, and I have faith in you, Lord. And we also pray and believe our children and young people in America will turn to Christ and declare that Jesus is their Lord. Revival, spiritual awakening, will happen in this land and all over the world. Many young people. Shall meet you, encounter you, and they shall serve you, Lord. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We trust that this message is ministered to you. 
If you would like more information about New Hope International Church or other teaching CDs, please contact us at 206-275-1042. You may also visit our website online at www.NewHopeInternationalChurch.com. I'm so thirsty. Still, 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 still.